Hello, friends. My name is Steve, and we're here today for the Page Chewing Friday Conversation episode 60-something? I don't know. I lost track. <laughs> getting up there. <laughs> yeah, getting up there. But we're here with today with Tina from Sound of Fury Book Reviews. Tina, thanks so much for coming back. I'm surprised you were willing to come back again. No, it was so much fun last time. It was a, it was a long time ago. I think it feels like, even though I think it, I don't even know when it was, to be honest. <laughs> I think it was last December. Oh, wow. I think it was, yeah, so it was over a year, but I, it's uh, it doesn't feel like that long ago, but it was a while ago. No, it was, it was fun. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Oh, I'm glad you were able to come back. And uh, Scott will be joining us. He'll just be a little bit late, so he'll pop in later. But uh, Taylor, thanks for waking up early and hanging out with us, too. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm always happy to be on page doing. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever I can, I'll be here. Nice. So, Tina, I'm, I love your channel. I think you do the, the oh. best book reviews. And I'm, I'm always surprised with how, how detailed you get with them and you don't give anything away. So well, do you have a process? Well, you. Yeah, do you have a process for that or kind of a, a structure? Um, that's a good question. Uh, no, well, I don't know. It, it's kind of something that I, I guess what I'm reading, I tend to highlight because I get a lot of NetGalley arcs. So I get a, I read a lot of eBooks. I tend to highlight them on highlight things of interest and then make notes as I go. And then I go back to them. So I don't flag, like, I don't have a million post-its like a, a lot of people do, but I flag things that I want to discuss in the review that I think are relevant or interesting. And sometimes I don't come back to them. I just, I'm like, oh, actually that's not as interesting now. But uh, I try to like, I try to be kind of fair, I guess, and like approach it from like a um, kind of like a objective point of view and then talk about subjective stuff later. So, you know, I'll say, oh, the structure was really good here. But, um, but you know, what I loved was this human alien romance, <laughs> that kind of thing. <laughs> and, and so when you when you put those post-its in, you're thinking specifically, oh, this would be good in the review, not just necessarily your thoughts while reading. Yeah. So I tend to like I'll highlight like certain quotes that I think are, are nice or things that I think are interesting. But, yeah, I tend to be reading with almost the review in mind. And I, I, I've kind of done that, though, ever since I went to university because I was, mm. you know, I had to read so many things for school. I was used to reading for analysis so I've kind of always kept that up and I find that really fun I guess I'm kind of a nerd in that way I just love reading to like kind of analyze and look at deeper themes themes and things like that so for me it's kind of like it doesn't feel like work I, I like enjoy it in like a weird way <laughs> mm -hmm. that makes being, sense and mm. being an author how did how has that changed your process writing doing reviews Oh, yeah. So actually, it's changed a lot. Like I if I look back at reviews I did in like 2010, like I've been reviewing things on Goodreads for like 10, 12 years. They were a lot harsher and a lot more about kind of like my feelings where the reviews that I post on my channel, I, I try not to do like tear down reviews, especially of like other indie authors. I just don't. That's just like not what I like to do. I try to give like a positive like try to focus on as many positive things as I can and then offer some constructive fee feedback or some things that readers might not like I try to kind of like hype people up for the book even if it's not like my favorite book in the world uh, but a lot of that I think comes from having been on the other side and having you know having some reviews that aren't like the best reviews ever which is fine people you know I don't really care but <laughs> I know some people get really like the first time you get like a one-star review you get like kind of hurt but I I'm just like yeah <laughs> 
So yeah, but I, I mean, try to be like skin that. is probably pretty important. Hmm? Right? Oh, sorry. Once you're willing to put having a thick skin is pretty oh, important, yeah. right? Once you're putting your your work out into the world. Yeah. So, but I think it probably helps that you know what it's like on the other side, having been a reviewer. So you can kind of see where a reviewer is coming from, maybe. Yeah. And sometimes better. you can tell that you're like, okay, this person just doesn't like this particular theme or this person doesn't like, I got for my most recent trilogy, I got some reviewers that clearly didn't like the kind of uh, like queer aspects of the story. And I was like, okay, well, I don't care what they think. And then, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm like, I'm not going to really care about those reviews. But then there's other ones that say, oh, I think that that ending was a bit abrupt or things like that. I'm like, yeah, you know what? I agree with that. And I could take that into consideration, but generally I don't really read my reviews to be honest. I, I just, sometimes I get my friends be like, Hey, are there any good ones on there? And they'll be like, yeah, there's a couple new ones. I'm like, Hey, that's cool. I don't really, I only notice though, if I'm going on to like my Amazon page to get some information I can't find <laughs> about the book, <laughs> I find that, uh, I recommend that to other authors as well. Like get a friend or a family member to send you your like top reviews because then you won't get like if especially if you're like really sensitive about it or if you know that you're getting like lower stars you know than you wish you would get <laughs> it's just it is it does hurt your health self-esteem i think especially if you're like a debut author so it, it's a hard it's a very hard thing i think to be an artist in any capacity like whether it's visual arts or acting or anything like people are so critical <laughs> And it's right in your face. It's not like if you're, uh, I don't know, like my husband's an electrician and no one goes into a Walmart and says, well, that wiring is done poorly, you know, <laughs> unless it shorts out, I guess. But <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. It's a very good point. It's more of a direct critique when mm -hmm. it's something from the arts, right? Yeah, it yeah. feels personal because a lot of the time you've put your like kind of heart into it or you've put th taken things from your life. I don't do that that much, but I know a lot of people take things from their life and then put them in their stories. And then when that is critiqued, they feel like someone's attacking their actual, their story. And that that's, that would be hard. <laughs> mm -hmm. I imagine so. I imagine so. But just to go back a little bit to your, the way that you're reading with a review in mind, uh, it's a new thing for me this year to really get into the reviewer space, like the official reviewer space being on before we go blog and things like that. Mm -hmm. And I find that for me, there's two different reading experiences when I'm reading for a review, not necessarily a paid review or, you know, just a, a book that I plan to review. And then when I'm reading a book without that in mind, I find that I read differently in that case. So for example, I'm reading the lost metal right now by Brandon Sanderson. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do, a little review of that on my channel, but there's 50 bajillion reviews that came out of that book <laughs> the day it came out. So I don't really feel like I need to put a full review, you know, out there that I sit down and really type out. So I find that I'm reading it more for enjoyment. Like my tabs are when I laughed or when I had fun or when I was angry, right? <laughs> so I'm wondering for you, do you ever go into a book thinking, okay, I'm not really going to review this. So I'm going to read it differently, or is it always that deeper kind of thematic reading for you? Is that a habit at this point? I think it is a habit, yeah, that I've formed for such a long time that it's hard to break out of it. I, I don't really reread anymore. Like when I was a teenager and, and like a young adult, because I'm an old adult now, I would say, um, <laughs> I, uh, I definitely reread a lot of books. And so I think, I don't know, um, I think if I were to reread something... No, actually, I reread like the Dragonlance, some of the Dragonlance books like last year, and I still read them with kind of like a review in mind, even though I didn't do like a huge review on them. 
I think I just can't kind of break myself out of that. I'm also an editor as my day job. So it's really hard as well to kind of take that out of consideration. I always notice when people like when there's passive voice or things like that, I'm always like, okay, gonna ignore it, gonna ignore it. <laughs> it's kind of funny. I have to really turn that off because I'm just that's what I do all day is I look look deeply at like do line edits and copy edits. So it's hard to turn that off as well. <laughs> Basically my whole life is reading. I, I never like escape. <laughs> it's everywhere. It's everywhere. It's like, oh no, it's all in my office. And <laughs> I keep saying I'm going to bring them out. And my husband's like, no, <laughs> leave them in the office. <laughs> keep it contained. <laughs> yeah, he says I have too many books. I don't think that's true. I don't think anyone who on BookTube would agree with that. <laughs> You're in the right space for that kind of support. <laughs> exactly. Absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's like car, car tube. I don't know. <laughs> Auto tube? I have no idea what car people call it. <laughs> I'm, I don't know, but I'm not surprised there's that section of YouTube as well. There's a oh, section massive. He's always watching new videos of guys just working on cars or like women working on cars. I'm like, where do you find all these? He's like, oh, there's millions of them. I'm like, oh, really? Okay, cool, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I cannot yeah. imagine that being riveting, but I'm sure other people can't imagine a book video being riveting. So Exactly, uh, yeah. <laughs> There's all sorts of uh, different rabbit holes you can fall into on YouTube. And there's something for everyone. I guess that's why it's great. Yeah. One time I started watching these videos about this guy that takes old, um, like flatbed cars that go on train tracks and just like kind of launches them down abandoned railways and just films it on like a GoPro. And I'm like, this is so cool. I don't know. Cool. I watched that for way too long. <laughs> it's like a 30 minute video. I'm like, this is awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm really now. The... And yeah, I fall into the like the RV life or like the the van life kind of thing where people just like live in a van and travel around and like ride their mountain bike all over the country. I'm like, oh, that's... and they like sleep in parking lots and stuff. And I find myself just getting lost in that stuff. It's like, it's yeah, I was really in the travel travel tube for a while there. I'm sure I'll get back into it eventually. <laughs> but um, there's this one um, channel called King in It that I loved a lot. They're from New Zealand originally, I think, but they've done like everything. They went all the way across, I think it was India in like this little rickety cart that broke down on them all the time. They've lived in a van. They've they've gone like everywhere and done all these different types of travel. Really intriguing. Like I love travel, but I don't know if I'm going to ever do the, the van life. But. <laughs> I would totally check. That sounds really cool. I would totally check that out. <laughs> But yeah, I don't think I would do it. I love road trips, but I don't think I could live, you know, in a van. <laughs> Maybe. You know, they'll get you. There's the people with massive bookshelves behind us. I don't know if I could yeah, yeah. listen to a van. <laughs> exactly. Oh, no, that's the thing I was thinking of. I'm like, where do I put them all? Like, what do I bring? <laughs> How do I narrow it down? Ebooks, I think it would be the only way or just, that's you know, true. something. But yeah, it's just not the same though, right? You just don't, it's not the same experience. Mm-hmm. You can't like, you know, take all your ebooks off your shelves and clean them and then put them right back where they were before and say you're organizing. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Rachel, at this point, I love, I just love having, or I take just having reviews on my novels. Okay. It's, it's tough. It's yeah. tough. It's a tough, tough grind. And our friend Joao is here. And, uh, Rachel. Hey. Uh, it's about to turn off that edit bit in my head, too. I went at something thinking my editor is going to get me for that. Oh, wait, it's not my book. Oof. 
it's the best because some of my clients have like a, a thing, you know, a repetitive thing they do. And so I always kind of make fun of them. Like you're doing that thing again. <laughs> I'm like, you're doing that, that, uh, using that word again. I mean, you've used this, you've used this word like 18 times. <laughs> like one likes to use fascinating. I'm like, you can't say everything's fascinating. <laughs> so just one time. Okay. <laughs> I hate when you notice something like that about your own writing, even if it's not like in a book, just what, just how you write in general, then you can never unsee it. And anytime I use that word that I've noticed I use a lot, even if it's the only time I've used it in like a text <laughs> or something, I'm like, oh man, like I gotta find another word. <laughs> exactly. That's why I can never be a writer because I'd use the same word like 50 times in a page. <laughs> My editor would hate me. Uh, okay, how to, I was watching someone cut grass for hours and no idea how it happened. <laughs> When you catch yourself in, the, in that moment, you're like, what am I, what am I doing? What am I watching? Like, how did I get here? <laughs> not me, uh, not oh. me watching a guy clean nasty car interiors for a living before I go to sleep. Better than a lullaby. Oh, those are great videos though. Oh, they're so, they make you feel like so clean afterward. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's all clean. That is fine. <laughs> it's like watching quarters and you're like, oh, it's nice and clean now. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> I can imagine that's my house that's clean now, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. It always, like, spurs me to clean. I'm like, oh, I got to go tidy something up now that I've watched the show. <laughs> I got to go organize my books. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Got to go dust them and put them back. Yeah. <laughs> Counts. For sure. I'm a procrastinator cleaner. So if I don't want to do something, I'm like, oh, well, I'll just go do something else productive, you know, <laughs> productive, whether that's reorganizing my books or, you know, the house gets clean when there's something I don't want to do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Mine's more like, oh, people are coming over. must wash the floor. <laughs> yeah, there's that too. Like they're going to notice, right? I know, right? That. <laughs> this is me. What is the spec? Yeah, it's like, oh, my, my kitchen always looks this clean. It always looks tidy and everything is out of place and nothing's piled up on the peninsula. <laughs> <laughs> You can see the counter. Yeah. Yeah. There's no like kid socks and clothes all over the place all the time. <laughs> For some reason they're just taking off their clothes. I'm like, come back on, please. It's the middle of winter here. <laughs> People are here. Yeah. I find one of their boots outside. I'm like, how did this even get out here? Like, how did really? you take it off? <laughs> it's like under our trampoline. Like, it? Maybe my dog took it out there. That's possible. <laughs> Hope so. Yeah. It's going be a strange one. I just don't, I'm just like, no, this is weird. I, I just accept it now. I'm like, uh, somehow this got here. <laughs> when you, uh, with being an editor, how do you choose your clients? Do you, are you selective with who you take work from? Um, well, yeah. So I have like multiple kind of outlets for getting clients. I am on Fiverr and that is basically, yeah, I, I'll, I don't tend to turn people down. Sometimes I'll turn people down if I either don't really jive with the content, like it's something that goes against kind of like my, I just know that I'll be frustrated editing it because it goes against kind of like my personal values or something like that. And then that's very rare though. And then uh, the other, the one place that I work for is uh, they just send me um, jobs. I can decline them if I want to, but most of the time they're just, they just send me sci-fi fantasy and I'm like, that's good. <laughs> so I'm happy with that. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I've heard a, a couple editors talk about, a, you know, not too many horror stories, but you know, it's kind of these weird interactions they've had with, you know, when they provide feedback and they have these, you know, this weird thing. So I was wondering what, uh, you know, what, have you ever had any of those experiences where someone took your feedback in a negative or in a not constructive 
way. Yeah, it's it's hard to like I, I I learn from it as well. Like I tend to be a very kind of blunt kind of editor. I don't offer enough positive feedback, and I'm still working on that. Like uh, when I get edits, I'll get like from people editing my work, they tend to put a lot of comments that are very positive. And I just have to work on, I'm just in such like a mindset of like working through it that I, I don't pause to do that. And so I had, you know, someone said that I was too harsh and I was like, okay, what made you say that kind of thing? And they said, oh, you don't, you didn't like anything. And I'm like, okay, I know what I did. I didn't make enough positive comments. So I really work on that. I did have one client one time who just didn't agree with anything I said and, and it was hard. I passed her off to another editor and the same thing happened. So it wasn't, it was, that was a person problem, I think. <laughs> and sometimes your, your style just doesn't jive with someone either. And that's fine. I've had a couple people, I'll do a sample and then they say, Oh, I went with someone else because they seem to get my style more. And I'm like, that's fine. Whatever. <laughs> it's good. It's like hiring someone for anything. Really. You can pick and choose. <laughs> Yeah, I imagine so. But it, there's a part of it as well where you know the service you're paying for. So yeah. you kind of have to know that you're paying for someone to tell you what isn't the best about what you have, right? <laughs> I think some per- people go into it being like they want just a bunch of positive feedback and then a few commas fixed where you're like, actually, you know, this is this whole paragraph is very passive. You need to rework a lot of this to make it engaging for the reader, that kind of thing. Or a lot of the time it's like that whole showing and not telling thing where I'm like, okay, you can't just tell the reader the person's emotions. You have to show it with their body language and they don't want, some people don't want to put in the work, I think. They feel like they've written the book and they're done. They just want someone to say, it's good, publish it. And it's like, no, editing is a major, major part of of, uh, of writing <laughs> and self-editing too, obviously. But yeah, having at least one one editor look over it is is vital, I think, because people just come at it from different perspectives as well. Same with with beta readers, right? They're they're helpful for that, pointing out like I interpreted it this way, that kind of thing. And, but a question from our friend Helena. Uh, Tina, may I please ask what your novel is about? Oh, um, I have two. I have well, four technically. One's a trilogy, and that's a space opera trilogy about these. Uh, I think I have eight different aliens, five different alien species, eight different people, and they go onto this derelict spaceship and they have to escape. And it's it leads into like a kind of galactic war situation. And then my first book was a post-apocalyptic story with a heavy kind of love story aspect to it but it's not like a romance but it's about kind of two people who are kind of damaged people going through a lot of trauma and coming together and and escaping or trying to escape kind of the wasteland that they've grown up in and it's it's really fun (laughs) so yeah one post-apocalyptic one space opera basically and this is something that i'm i'm new to like the sci-fi genre in recent years. So I know that there's every genre has subgenres, right? Oh, so yeah. there's the space opera sub- subgenre. What would you say are the main tenets to make something a a space opera? Like as someone who's oh. heard that <laughs> mentioned a lot, <laughs> I'm just really curious what actually would make something fit that subgenre. It's it's kind of like it's so hard because space opera is almost like has its own subgenres within it, but I would say that the basic idea is that it's it's kind of like an adventure. So you have people kind of going to different planets or exploratory aspects. It's kind of like, uh, I can't think of any any way else to explore. It, it's so hard because that's such a it's such a broad a broad subgenre, but. It tends to be, yeah, a lot of exploratory, adventurous aspects kind of make it a space opera. Sometimes galactic war okay. 
can be part of it, but that can also fall under like, um, like that doesn't have to be part of it. It could just be like a spaceship of people getting lost somewhere and trying to find their way back home because it's kind of an adventure and different things happen. And I mean, that happens in every story, different things happen, but it's a lot, but we're a hard sci-fi is focused a lot on kind of making it seem kind of realistic and bringing in real aspects of kind of physics and things like that. It's almost like you're experiencing the science, the reality versus a space opera is more like you're experiencing kind of the hero's journey, kind of thing like that. It's, it, it comes from, I think, I'm trying to remember, because I did a video actually talking about like the subgenres, but it was like two oh, years ago. Okay. And I'm try it's way, it's way in my like feed, way, way down in my like lists and tags feed or something. And I talk about all the different kinds of subgenres. And I mentioned that and I did a bunch of reading on it and I can't remember anything. Because <laughs> <laughs> I also can't edit out a, a live conversation, so I sound less intelligent. <laughs> well, I guess I that maybe that sounds to me like the opera comes from maybe soap opera, where you followed the the drama of you know yeah. personal lives. Like that's the linchpin point, rather than the science or the exploratory aspect it's more a human drama it's kind of what also, i yeah it comes from like i think like the old like 1930s books as well because they took from that as well and i think they were originally called space operas and then it just kind of spawned from there i think <laughs> okay okay don't quote me i might be mixing that up <laughs> <laughs> i'd be a terrible teacher i'm like don't quote me guys i don't know when world war one started I, i'm guessing i'm guessing just a disclaimer after everything you teach this is what i think is true this is what i remember in my brain that needs to been influenced by too many other outside factors to have a good memory i think oh. most teachers have that moment oh sorry steve no no go ahead have that moment um i mean i teach english uh in japan and oh, cool. i've been doing it for many many years and there's a lot of grammar points that I have down, down packed, you know, I, I, I can explain them very well, but every once in a while I'll get a really high level student. They're like, why does this, is it this instead of this? And I'm like, um, you know, <laughs> that's a really good question. I'm gonna get back to you next week with the answer to that. But there have been times in the past where I'm like, pretty sure this is the answer. So I've given the answer. <laughs> right. I always go check it after, but I think most teachers reach that moment where they're like, that's a question I, I don't know. So <laughs> I love that. That was a great question. I'll get back to you on that. That's a, yes. that's a great one. Yes. I use it all the time. All the time. All the time. Uh, just for Helena, who was asking about uh, Tina's books, the first one is, so just so everyone can see it and uh, Ooh, go check it out. That's my book. <laughs> Yeah, and I'll uh, I'll leave the links in the description here when we're uh, when we're done. But uh, yeah, oh, so go check them out. What branches grow is on Audible, <laughs> mm. and she did a fantastic job. The narrator did a great job. So um, there's another indie author who wrote this book called Rybakite, um, and he told me like he suggested her to me because uh, I read his book, and he's like, "Oh, I put it on Audible. You should if you're doing it, you should you know talk to her." And I was like, "I will for sure." And she was great. <laughs> Because you get a lot of kind of wonky narrators um, who kind of apply to do a narration. You're kind of like, oh, okay. That would be so tough for me to decide on a narrator because there's so many different, because you have a certain idea for the way it's delivered in your head, obviously, because you wrote it. But then hearing someone else vocalize it must be a really strange 
feeling to have someone else kind of bring it to bring it to another format like that it was really interesting because it really actually kind of revitalized the book for me because like you know i'm kind of one of those people that i'm finished the project i'm done and i have to think about it again but uh with this i had to listen to the whole thing because i had to you know make sure there wasn't any errors and things like that and it was cool because it was so fun to hear her interpretations of how of what I wrote because there were definitely inflections that she put on speech or she read things in a certain way that gave it a different kind of spin like nothing that changed the overall idea but I was like oh wow that's so that's so cool it was almost like listening to a different book in a way and I thought that was a really fun really fun experience it didn't help too that she was very good at it she put on really fun accents and stuff so <laughs> it was really neat I highly recommend anybody that has a book to try to get a, an audio book done because it's really it's really gives you like a new appreciation for your own your own work <laughs> I imagine that before you know the narrator takes on the project you talk about what you want out of it and the feel you want and all of that mm -hmm. but I wonder if authors maybe not you specifically because you seem to have had a really good experience with this but it makes me wonder if sometimes authors get the product back and they're like this is not how I imagined my book I wonder if that that kind of oh, probably yeah because you do well, we did it in in uh in like chapters so she would send me one chapter and then I would say sounds great <laughs> I'm also not picky like I'm like the least picky person I'm just like sounds great sounds good to me or I think other people might be like actually I want you to read this person's voice slightly differently I'm assuming that happens I I don't know mm -hmm. um we had a couple samples come back at or I work in publishing as well as I said like with editing I also work in publishing and um we got some samples back for an audiobook and it was so bad <laughs> and it was it was outsourced too like it was a it was a license from us and so we had to be like no <laughs> please mm. this person cannot have like cannot be like 50 years old and have a british accent if they live in british columbia <laughs> oh <Yeah>. no <laughs> yeah luckily they'd only done like one chapter so we were like sorry <laughs> Well, that's, that's, it's got to be tough to uh, to kind of break that news to people, right? Because yeah, because yeah. it wasn't like she was a bad reader. It was just like it just didn't suit kind of the the style of the book. <laughs> and uh, mm -hmm. how did you name? Uh, yeah, may I check the name of the post apocalyptic book? Oh, this is the space opera book. So, I'm trying to add it to my TV on Goodreads. Okay, oh, so, um, yeah. the post apocalyptic one is what branches grow. I will try to find it as we're, as we're I have talking. A shelf over there, <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> somewhere behind you, it's there. <laughs> Probably too high up because I'm like I'm going to put my books in my shelf like I'm an author, and <laughs> they're like way at the top because my last name starts with B. <laughs> oh, you have an, uh, an alphabetic order. Yeah, this is my sci-fi shelf, and then the other side of the room has two equally large shelves that have my non-sci-fi stuff, or like general fiction i guess you could say and classics and uh like anything that's not sci-fi fantasy basically is over there because then i have you can't really see it here but in this this side on the other side is all classic sci-fi like the little mass market paperbacks so, and they're quadruple stacked that's how i hide them i bring them in and i just kind of slide them behind the other ones and then no one knows that i went to the used bookstore <laughs> <laughs> to get more crappy uh old <laughs> 70s sci-fi <laughs> There's something That's about, about those old mass markets, mm. right? I'm sorry, Terry. Mm. Just reacting to that, you know, I, I was about to say how, I don't know 
my my shelf is based on aesthetics, right? So, so I remember where things are. Um, but I respect the alphabetical order. And now that you said they're quadruple stacked, I can see why you would need that. <laughs> yeah, your shelf is so. beautiful. Like, oh my God, it's got lighting and like decor and stuff. I love it. I'm like, oh, mine, I could, I try and mine just ends up looking like a pile. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I decided, I was like, okay, this is going to be the safe zone for filming, right? So, oh. like, this, this space is always going to look, no matter what chaos is going on you know so i invested <laughs> in the one space that's <laughs> so a good idea zone. Yeah. i need to do that the problem is my microphone is attached like to my desk but the other side of my desk doesn't have a way to attach it or i would have it like spun around but i can't do it and i'm just like oh i give up i'll just look like a mess <laughs> <laughs> we can all relate to it uh, our friend Aaron had a had a comment. Which author's books would you would go with you to a desert island, Tina? Oh God, um, how many do I get to pick? I'm going to pick five. <laughs> five's five's a good five's a good number. Oh, okay. Alan Dean Foster because he has so many of them, and I love his classic sci-fi stuff. And Samuel Delaney because his stuff is also sci-fi, but it's like literary sci-fi, and I love Samuel Delaney. Oh, probably Charlotte Bronte, because <laughs> I love Charlotte. Oh, my God. Who else? Tanya Huff, who writes, like, military sci-fi. That's really, really fun. Oh, my God. I love I try to think of it from, like, a practical point of view. I'm like, do I get all their books with me? Or <laughs> do I just get, like, one? That's I'm trying to think. I'm like, what, like, what book? You know what? I'd probably just bring. I don't know. I don't know. I'm trying to think of like what the like number one book I would bring anywhere would be, and I can't. I can't decide. <laughs> it's a tough one. So hard. That is really hard. I don't know if I have answers for that. <laughs> I'll bring like Ulysses or something. That takes me forever to read. <laughs> There we go. There we go. Then by the time you finish that one, then the others are good for a reread. And then yeah, or I've like, starved on the island. <laughs> or that. <laughs> or it's page chewing. You could eat the paper. That's <laughs> true. Yeah. As uh, uh, as we witnessed with Hay Rob J Hayes. <laughs> yeah, as I say, yeah, the, the, you you can. They are. It is edible. Well, we may find out how edible it is, but. Oh, I can't. Wait. I haven't that had any any complaints or contacts from lawyers from Hayes yet. So. <laughs> He's still alive. I did want to. Yeah, right. I did want to ask just because you mentioned Charlotte Bronte. Um, I took a lot of Victorian literature classes in university. I wasn't an English major, but um, I there was a teacher that was just incredible, and I loved being in his class. So I'm curious. If you are a fan of the end of Jane Eyre, without spoiling it for anyone, but are you a fan of the end, or mm. are you all just you know spoiler here? I hate the end, so I'm wondering where you fall on that spectrum. The romantic in me loves the ending. The uh, feminist in me does not. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm like Fair no, enough. um, no, I, uh, it's so hard because. It's so interesting. I, I haven't really done a deep dive. I know like with Little Women. Oh, that's one of the ones I would bring. <laughs> um, with Little Women, like she changed the ending because the publishers were like, you can't be telling young women they can be single. So I wonder if there was an element of that at the end of Jane Eyre. And I never studied it. I studied um, 
we studied Shirley when I did like a Bronte course. So I don't know. Did you did you study it like in depth, Jane Eyre, or like do you know if she yeah, had to change yeah. the ending at all or make the ending kind of romantic? <laughs> well, we did study it in depth, but uh, how do I say? Like the point of that class is we didn't have to write papers, but we had to read massive amounts. So when you entered awesome. his class, he basically said, "This is a, a reading class, and you're going to have quizzes. You know, every like." every week to make sure that you've read everything that you're supposed to have read, but there's no papers. So it's a reading heavy class. Um, so we did read a lot of books and talk about them in depth, but we didn't always have time to go through like the, the context. Oh, okay. So I, that's a really good question that you asked because I don't know the answer to that either, but that would explain what part of the reason why I don't like it because I felt like it came out of nowhere. I was like, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> this book totally... was not building to this point, I thought. <laughs> so. Yeah, it seemed like she should have maybe stayed with the other group. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Yeah, we'll keep it vague, but yes. Yeah, we'll keep it vague. Yeah, I, I now, now I'm really curious. Now I'm going to have to go look that up later. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. I'm going to Google that on my way to work. Mm. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, yeah Shirley's great. I don't know if you read that one or not. Um by Charlotte Brown. Shirley, I did, yeah. but it has blended in. I need if I think if I looked at what it was about, I'd be like, oh yeah, I remember that. Because <laughs> yeah, so I haven't read it in so long. And I always mix it, I'm it mix it up with Middlemarch as well, because they're kind of similar to like domestic fiction. <laughs> yeah, they do all kind of blend together. And I haven't read a ton of them in so long. I used to read so many of them and I have to get back into it, but then <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a fun time. Once you get used to the prose, you know, then it's not jarring anymore and you just get to enjoy the story. The only book I think that well, there are two books from that genre that I would never read again. And one is Bleak House. Absolutely <laughs> not. Once in my life is enough. And then uh Wuthering Heights. I hate that book. I hate it so, 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 so much. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I loved it when I first read it. And then I read it again, like 10 years later. And I was like, these people are so problematic. <laughs> it's just horrible people doing horrible stuff to each other until the last page. <laughs> I had a little book for my daughter. Um, it was called Weathering. It was Weathering Heights for Babies or something. And it was just like a counting or it was a weather book. And so each page had a quote from the book and it had a different kind of weather. So it was like blustery. And it was like the weather was blustery and stuff like that. And it had like a picture. It was really fun. I'm like, this is the Weathering Heights everyone needs. <laughs> just explains different types we of weather. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Another question from Aaron. Uh, would like to see that alternate ending. Any other books who were whose endings you would have love you would have changed if you could? It's a great question. I know that there's some, but hold on, let me get inspiration from my bookshelf. And I'm like staring at my shelves. I'm like, there's probably a whole bunch of them that I'm just like. Right. <laughs> Mine's more like I wish those people had gotten together <laughs> more than like an ending. <laughs> Mine's more just like, oh, but <laughs> I think. Let me think. Right now, I'm just seeing ones where I like the ending. I know, that's the problem. It's the opposite, but I think the book that sticks out to me as a perfect ending is Jade Legacy. That has some mm. perfection. That is perfection, but... I still have to read that series. <laughs> Do it. So I know, I've heard it's so good. <laughs> so, so good. Oh. Um, maybe... Maybe Assassin's Apprentice, just because mm. that book tortures the reader the end of that book is just woo. robin hobb is like you like my characters now 
suffer for it. <laughs> like that, that's what the end of that book is. Um, but oh, I know. Dark no. Tower. Dark Tower. Mm. I actually didn't mind it, but I think he could have. I think it was a classic Stephen King doesn't know how to end this book. <laughs> I always say that Stephen King is about the journey and not the destination because he has so many books where he's just kind of like, well, and then you go, there you go. And you're like, well, all right. Did you, did you know um, going in how this was going to end? Because it doesn't seem like it. No offense, Stephen King. I love you. And <laughs> yeah. Somewhere Stephen King's like, what? Yeah. yeah he's like, book. yeah, this millionaire author. What? <laughs> yeah. I like another how dare you? <laughs> Yeah, I, I couldn't do the Dark Tower. No, I read yeah. it with my friends when I was like in my mid twenties. We all read it together, and uh, we—I can't remember if we talked about it. It was so long ago. <laughs> yeah, I really like it. I, I just—I've only read it once, and so I keep meaning to go. Actually, no, I've read The Wastelands like four or five times. It was one of those rereads I did when I was younger, but I haven't read the entirety of the series more than once. So maybe if I read it again, I'll—I'll I'll hate the ending, like most people <laughs> tend to do. <laughs> Well, I had the the ending spoiled for me, and I thought it was I thought it was okay. I guess I mean I, without seeing too much, but I just didn't like the direction he went and in the four. It was it Wizard and Glass. It just didn't work mm. for me. Yeah, I don't want to say too much, but yeah, Wizard and Glass was kind of like a story on its own, almost. It's a huge mm. backstory book. It was massive, and I I like it as a book, but yeah, it almost feels like it doesn't really need to be in there. <laughs> went in a completely different genre as well. All of a sudden, it was like fantasy and. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, the whole different whole different thing. He's like, uh, I'm just gonna throw everything I like in one series. <laughs> watch this. <laughs> I can't think of anything I um off the top of my head that I really just maybe maybe the end of was it uh The Raven Shadow? Maybe the end of that one? I didn't hate it, but I think it the end I would have liked a different ending. But that's the only thing I can think of. I'll think For of one me... you know, two hours. <laughs> Yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. On a list. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, I just got my answer, which is the second book after Ray Bear. So Ray Bear is one of my favorite Y books I've ever read. I I'm listening to it right book. now on Audible. Audible. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I well, what, what do you think? What do you think? Are you I, I really like it. I didn't even realize it was YA, and I don't even like YA, but I really like it. So it, it's an ex one of those exceptions for me. So I, I'm really into it. Anyway, sorry. Same. Go ahead. Go ahead. Same here. <laughs> no, no. I read it when I was coming out of enjoying YA. You know, not, not uh -huh. that I can't, but I have to get myself in a perfect mindset for it. But it was during the phase where I was realizing that, and it stuck out to me as being incredible. I just love the 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 work that uh Joan Fuego did there but the second book Redemptor I hate it I hate it so much <laughs> maybe I'll just and stop after the first one <laughs> I would say I mean if your curiosity curiosity killed the cat you know do it if you need to but I in my head Ray Bear is a standalone because I think this is just me projecting what I got from the book so I have no idea about the context of the publishing but my guess is that Ray Bear was so successful and so popular, and rightfully so, that the publishers pushed her to finish this the second book quicker. And mm -hmm. it doesn't have the polished feel that Ray Bear does. It feels like they were like pump out a sequel, you know, while this hype is still here. And it's one of those things where I think if it was a trilogy, then it would have worked. But she tried to fit everything into a duology. And it it just wasn't. Everything that was so good about the first book was missing from the second one. And I'm like, oh, gosh, you, no. Oh, I hate when that so, happens. <laughs> yeah. So because it, it, 
it kills you because you know what the author's capable of having read such an incredible book by them. So um, I would say Redemptor is the one that, that I have to answer for that question. <laughs> Maybe I'll avoid it. I'll just avoid it and be like, okay, there's nothing else after this. I had that I issue. Some people like it, but yeah. <laughs> Oh, I should just maybe I don't know. I'll try. Maybe I'll try it. I don't know. <laughs> See, I'll, I'll let you know. <laughs> okay, perfect. Perfect. I cut you off earlier. Sorry about that. I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> yeah. I can't remember what I was even going to say. Um, oh, actually, yeah. So I read Vasquez, which is like mm. the story about Jeanette Vasquez from Aliens, the second Alien movie, uh, and it was written by oh my god her name's escaping me uh, v castro thank you and she's a great writer but i found it was it was so interesting that because i can almost tell what the publisher was doing it was all it felt i think i said this in my review but i i said that it felt like they said you have 400 pages or whatever certain number word count you have to get all of these plot points in and do it because it felt like it was not it felt like it should have been two books or three books even because the first like third of the book is about Jeanette's backstory which is really good it's poignant and really interesting and like got a lot of like really interesting themes to it and then it stops and then like because she dies spoiler alert if you haven't seen aliens um <laughs> sorry <laughs> but uh, she has yeah I know right she has two children two twins um I don't think she mentions them in the movie I think they invented them for the book and uh it's about kind of their life, but you get their entire life plus this whole thing about aliens shoved in as well. And it just felt like so rushed. And I was like, oh, why? <laughs> why? This could have been so cool. <laughs> it had a cool fight scene at the end, but like everything leading up to it is just like all over the place. <laughs> I was like, I don't think it's, I don't think this is a writing thing. I think this is a, uh, a space problem. <laughs> That's disappointing. Yeah, I saw this your review opinion. on that one too. I don't know for sure. It's my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> have you read uh, Fairy Tale by Stephen King? At Helena mentions, I would have changed the ending of Fairy Tale or maybe the final third. I haven't yet. It's on my list. <laughs> so many things to read. Our friend uh, oh, Brad Esther, I love the it. ending of yeah, Dark Tarot's perfection, in my opinion. It's very. See, I need to reread it. So many people have told me that they don't like it, but I remember liking it. <laughs> so now I'm like, no. Mm. <laughs> <sighs> Uh, Daniel, I knew uh, I knew how Dark Tower was going to end before I read it, and I didn't mind it. I wish the whole series was more like The Gunslinger, though, the opposite of most people, it seems. The Gunslinger was really confusing at first, but the, f the further I got into the series, the more I liked The Gunslinger. It was very, um, it, it kind of tied back, well, I don't want to say too much, but it made a lot more sense the further I got into it. Yeah, I think that might be why I like, I think in terms of ranking them all, I would say that my favorites, Wasteland was my favorite. And then most people like mm. the drawing the the of the, the, the drawing of the three, but I prefer Wasteland, but then so post-apocalyptic, I can't not like it. And then Gunslinger was like my second favorite. So mm. I think, yeah, if the whole thing had just been like that, <laughs> I would have, I, I still really, I have all the fancy versions. I think I have all the like, all the like colorful mm. ones with all the pictures inside. Oh, those are cool. Those are hard yeah, to get like too. Yeah, I know it's got like all the pictures. And stuff. I nice. was with my uh, friend at a used bookstore, and we both were collecting these. And uh, we saw it on the shelf. We literally like pushed each other to to fight over it. <laughs> I got it. I was, she's Rock, she's paper, still bitter, right? <laughs> yeah, I was more like literally pushing each other. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was for yeah, uh, 
probably drawing of the three because that's yeah i have like i think that one's like an original one like this one's so old and the other ones i think are the second printing i don't know i'd have i'd have to look at it I don't know. there's so many printings of his stuff too there's <laughs> a ton the only stuff i read by king are it and misery so i i liked them but i wasn't like wow this is incredible so I, it's not that I'm like never going to read King again. I don't feel that way at all. I just don't feel the desire to read through his backlist, really. Like, I pick it up, I pick it up. (laughs) Yeah. I love The Shining, actually. It's funny because I love the movie The Shining. It's probably one of my favorite, it's it's one of my favorite movies. But I also really love the Mm -hmm. book because they're both so completely different. And I think (laughs) that might be why. It's just such an interesting, I love Cooper's kind of take on it and like the themes that he brought into it versus like the themes in the book, which are, very different. I think Stephen King hated the Cooper adaption. I'm pretty sure, yeah. <laughs> which I think is funny. <laughs> which, uh, which, if you could only pick one, what would you pick, the movie or the book? The what, movie. Which do you prefer? Sorry, <laughs> I love the movie. I don't know why. I just love it. I love the tone. I think. I just. I don't know. <laughs> There's a big debate yeah. on a book channel. I know, right? <laughs> Helena, actually, the very ending of Fairy Tale was okay. It was more of the second half, not to my taste, but I don't want to spoil it for it to say any more. But some parts of it were excellent, so still definitely worth a read. Hmm. Got a friend Lana's here. Hey, Lana. Uh, Daniel, I think tie-in novels often are literally rushed. They're quick deadlines. Yeah. (laughs) And Titan's been pumping out so many of these alien books, and I've been reading all of them. I'm obsessed with Alien versus Predator. It's it's a ter- it's, it's embarrassing how much I love it. But uh, I've got like they came out with a book late last year called Rift War, which is another Alien versus Predator mm-hmm. book. And there's like flying xenomorphs, and I was like, I'm so into this. I'm like the only one that gave the five star review. <laughs> See, that's how you know I'm new to the, sci- the sci fi genre because you said xenomorphs, and I immediately went to the childhood animorph books. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait, flying children who transform into animals. So, I'm doing something's wrong in translation here. Right? You have to watch all the Alien movies now, except for Alien 3. Oh. <laughs> no, Alien 3 is fine. I, I'm the, not super into Do you like Alien 3, Steve? I like the assembly cut. Okay. <laughs> yeah. There's a whole different movie. The assembly cut was a totally different take on it. But that's another uh, example of the studio interfering and coming in and changing all the different decisions that were made. It's, I had a big argument with my dad one time about the director's cut of Blade Runner. <laughs> and we like argued for like ever because I was like, no, it, it confirms this. And I'm not going to spoil it, but I mean, it's so hard to talk about movies from like a million years ago and <laughs> yeah. not spoilers. But yeah, we argued about what that ending, the different ending actually meant and my dad hated that he hated that it was so concrete and <laughs> so mm. if i like to annoy my dad if he's had a couple glasses of wine i'll bring up blade runner and he gets so mad it's <laughs> <laughs> all like red in the face and he actually like kind of looks like Rutger Hauer now and i'm like dad don't watch it <laughs> i should show you my cute little hey scott uh, my cute little predator dog i told my husband oh hi scott well, hi <laughs> <laughs> i told my husband that i wanted a predator Funko Pop, or these things are called for Christmas, but they're way too expensive. So he bought me the cute little Predator dog <laughs> from like the worst Predator movie. And I'm like, that's fine. It's cute. <laughs> it is kind of cute. So it's cute. cute. 
My two-year-old's obsessed with it. She keeps trying to steal it from me. I'm like, no, it's not a toy. It's my little action figure. Okay. It's my toy. <laughs> it's my toy. <laughs> an adult toy. No, that's exactly. that. No. No, that's something else. <laughs> no, wait a minute. <laughs> no, no. I need more. I need more caffeine. <laughs> okay, no, that even. No yeah. processing. Whoop. Yeah, yeah. I missed that one. Hey, Scott. How's it going? <laughs> He's like, I'm leaving. Oh, it's what going. Conversation? Yep. What is what just happened? Yeah. I'm getting all my stuff set up. All right, I'm good. Yeah. Uh, when whenever you're ready, just give us a quick introduction. Tell us a little bit about you and your channel. Yeah. Uh, my name is Scott. I run the channel Book Invasion, which has been idle for quite a while. But uh, yeah, I mostly review sci-fi books and. Uh, when I can post a random video. Right now I'm judging the self-published science fiction competition, which runs through uh, May-ish, April, May. So we're in the semifinals now, which is cool. That's been taking up most of my reading, um, reading some good self-published sci-fi. There's some, there's some duds, but we try to filter through it all, judge it and may the best book win. But yeah, the rest of that is, uh, yeah, check me out. Book Invasion is a channel, but you'll probably find a bunch of old videos, backlist books, and old reviews from books that nobody's ever heard of. But that's what I pride myself on. So go find some good stuff. So yeah, the uh, the self the self published competitions are almost a job in its on its on their own, right, Taylor? I mean, it's yeah, yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot mm -hmm. in a good way. I mean, we volunteer to do it, but. Yeah, it's a lot. I'm I'm on the the um, Spiffbo side. Yeah, so. and we're only on our second year of science fiction one, and there's been hurdles, and you know we're trying to adjust how we're reading and judging, and being in the Discord with all the judges and the authors are kind of you know mm. they're they're always more lessons learned than uh, things. We're adjusting and trying to make it better and easier, getting the word out more. That's my dog. Um, and trying to do, you know, <laughs> trying to find, uh, you know, more way to boost stuff so that we can and get things out there more so more authors can join and it grows and grows. So it's been fun though. Reezy, Reezy has a list. I don't know if you did this. Reezy does a list of contests all the time. Mm -hmm. um, and did you, did you put it on that this year? No, I don't think so. But there was one other place. It was like the world. I don't know. There was another place that had a bunch of the competitions, but I tried to even set up a wiki page, like a Wikipedia page for the competition. And they said they wouldn't like publish it because we don't have an, as many external links that are just mm. informational as opposed to like self-promoting links to be like, mm. oh, I'll post a link about it. And then here's a reference. And they're like, no, you can't do it yourself. So I tried to like I, I copied the, the Spiffbo. We're on to you, man. Yeah, so I, I went to Spiffbo and I was like, exact content, and they just took out fantasy, and put sci-fi. Hi, hi. And then um, tried to put some reference links, but it didn't work. Hmm. Dog, come here. You have to show oh, the dog. Right. The dog's awesome. We have to know is it a predator dog? Is it so cute? Yeah. Is it as cute as is it as cute as this dog? Yeah, actually, Come my here. pug used to look like this pretty much. She was yeah, she's such a horrible, <laughs> treacherous beast. I love dogs. Oh, me too. 
I locked mine in the basement, so I can't show him. He's also he also won't fit on my lap because he's a shepherd mastiff, so he's he's very big. Oh, wow. <laughs> so why he's never in any of my videos because he's well he's also annoying. He barks all the time. <laughs> and now she's gonna roll around on the floor and scratch her back. <laughs> all right, all right. Where I live right now, they don't allow it, but one day. <laughs> Yeah, that, that predator dog looks a lot, a lot like my dog. You have pugs too, right? Yeah, I have a pug yeah. and a bull pug, yeah. Yeah, I had a pug. Uh, he, he's gone now. <laughs> he passed last year. He used to be in like my end thing. So he, he yeah. passed actually around this time last year in March. And so uh, I left his end screen on until like December. And I was like, okay, I guess it's time. I'll take him out. <laughs> I was like, oh. So yeah, he was my little, my little baby for like 12 years. <laughs> Pugs are really something. You get used to the snorting and the farting and the snoring, yeah. and it's just when, the, when it, it's annoying at first, and then you get used to it, and then they're, they're not when they're not around. It's like a big bummer. Yeah, I'm like I don't hear him sneezing or making gross looking noises, <laughs> and I'm sad by that for some reason. <laughs> I was gonna pull out a book here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Can we already plug this? Yeah. I was gonna ask you about the audio book how the progress was or if that's still in production oh i was for my other one it's for my post apocalyptic. oh yeah one. yeah yeah it's out now yeah <laughs> i can I... send any if anyone wants an audiobook code i can send you a code for free i have a million codes <laughs> yeah. so just let me know <laughs> i have a few others so i what was i just reading oh i started reading the second um antimatter blues I got the audio on NetGalley for that. So I started listening to that. Uh, look what I've wrote. got. Yeah. You like this book, right? Yeah, well, look, oh, at my, look, look what mine has. Mine's signed. Oh, <laughs> Yours is signed too? Mine's signed too. Oh. Awesome. <laughs> Sorry. This book, I love this book. Yeah, I know. And so I, he gave me his little card with this. Yeah, cool I had his little on. card too. He gave me a pin. <laughs> has a little pickles yeah. on it. I didn't get a pin. Mine says, never <laughs> forget to eat your pickles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's a great book yeah he's a i didn't even get i didn't even get to meet him my my uh one of my friends like knows him it's like friends with him and so she met him at like a one i think it was the armadillo con or something hmm. yeah um, i didn't in meet Texas. yeah i ordered that one from his local whatever he put on twitter oh. like that my local bookshop has signed copies so i just i ordered one from them and my friend just mailed it to me and she was like here you go i'm like oh my god <laughs> <laughs> It's so funny. It's so funny. Yeah, it's it this is. man and his friend, and they get abducted by this crazy alien guy, and it's yeah, that's the worst yeah. explanation ever. But that's basically what happens. The, <laughs> it's it, a comedy. Yeah. <laughs> and it go, it just goes into these weird avenues of like consciousness and levels of um, uh, crazy, uh, weird intertwined memories from other people, and it was just like that part was just like this is this is getting what am i it's reading bonkers, yeah and there's that really sad part kind of in the middle that got like yeah. really deep and really dark and you're like oh my god i'm like i'm crying it's like, please show the weird alien thing. again yeah no i loved it yeah it was so good so what is the book and the author sorry it's stringers by chris panatier yeah it's got a really cool cover it's a nice cover yeah it's really shiny it definitely stands out lime green yeah yeah <laughs> It's hard to see, but it's got like very interesting kind of 
strings because that's why it's called it's a little it's a it's a little on the side of hitchhiker's guide but then it also gets to i don't know just it's like interstellar now my son is vacuuming the house as his punishment for stomping <laughs> on his glasses this morning <laughs> now he they woke up early and they started making like videos with the ipad so they prop the ipad up and they were just being goofballs on it like look i can kill my brother and they were fighting with each other and then he goes look at me haha he take his glasses off he threw them on the floor and he like stomped on them <laughs> and we were just like uh so we this morning I woke up and I opened his glasses case and there's a piece of tape on the side. I was like, and then I looked at him and they're all bent. He's like, um, I stomped on him. I was like, yeah. And then he's like, yeah, we were making videos. And so I was like, all right, let's watch the replay. And then I go to the iPad and I play the video of him and his brother are fighting. And sure enough, he takes the thing off and he stomps on him. So now his punishment is vacuuming the house and taking out the trash. <laughs> uh, he's seven. He's a troublemaker. Oh. <laughs> doesn't realize how expensive those those things yeah, that go yeah. in his face are yet <laughs> yeah we his brother had already had his replaced he's not yet so we only need to pay like 50 bucks for mm. the um replacements but yeah mm -hmm. uh the joys of parenthood huh yeah it's just yeah i was <laughs> like why did you even do that you know you would need to wear those and he was, i don't know he's doing of course probably modeling the fail videos he watches on youtube or something like look at me being a doofus i think remember the days when we didn't have video evidence of every stupid thing we did and you could just yeah, like, right. make, make things up and be like i'm they so fell glad. Off my face yeah, yeah. I'm glad. exactly i had nothing to do with this yeah <laughs> can't prove it otherwise even pictures of me from like when i'm 17 and 18 and i'm like oh god yeah. <laughs> right. So glad. Right. I used to dress like Michelle Rodriguez in Fast and Furious, like yeah. you know, low cut cargo pants, thong out, tiny little like tank top, and then I thought it was so cool. And yeah, yeah no, yep. I had a bit of, like Lincoln Park phase where I had my I had bleach tipped spiked hair. I had the chain necklaces on and Love like the wallet chain pants, and I had like those thick leather wrist like bracelets. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was when I worked at the record <laughs> store because then I was like the you know I was the modern rock kind of guy working at a record store and that place was awesome. Yeah, I worked I, at a video store, so yeah. I was a video store girl for like six years. Nice. <laughs> I for, it was a mom and pop shop as well, yeah. so it was like I knew like everybody, and there were like a few creepers, but most people were really yeah. nice. <laughs> they would like come in and just like talk to me. <laughs> I had unfortunately two back-to-back -back phases, so I had the hot topic phase, yep. and then I had the uh, the UG phase, yeah. <laughs> and they were back-to-back. -back, so there's a good span of like four years of pictures where I'm like, oh dear God, yeah, please yeah. scrub these from the internet. <laughs> no one needs to see these. Yep. Yeah, I feel bad for like kids now that are going to post everything on Instagram or whatever, and then they're going to that evidence will just be out there. It's like <laughs> you try to get a job in ten years, and so I'm like, well, look what you were doing when you were seventeen. Yeah. Yeah, that's that was even when I um like when I started my channel and I was being all like the the edge lord guy being like oh nobody reads good sci-fi and they're all talking about blah 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 and then I was like well my kids may see this or my prospects there was one time when somebody at one of my previous jobs found my YouTube channel and I only told like one person in confidence and it didn't market it but they're like then they brought me in on an evil 
like, you know, we saw your YouTube video. We want it, We want that Scott to work for us because we can tell he's passionate and enthusiastic about it. And we have never seen that here at your, your job. And I was like, are you, are you kidding me right now? Like, do you think I'm going to be passionate about writing a process diagram as much as I am reading like a sci-fi book? Like, what do you what do you and that's all, it's like somewhat of an act you know you get on you have to be energetic you have to put on a face and it's like i work you know you're pushing me to work nine ten hour days doing these documentations i'm not gonna come in and be like hey welcome to my work day today we're gonna talk about this process that diagram. is so out of line we want yeah. you to take your hobby energy and bring it to work absolutely yeah. not that's hobby yeah, well, energy. That's wild that that happened. I can't believe that. Oh my and god! I don't know who leaked it. You know, like who told them about it? Because it's not anywhere else. You can't like look me up and Google me, and find my YouTube channel. But I don't know. Somebody somewhere did it, and then they did that. And it wasn't long after that before they yeah, had the management was just like, they they were more concerned about like my attitude and how I projected myself in the role than I actually doing the job itself and like meeting my deadlines and getting all my stuff done on time. They're like, no, you need to act a different way. We don't like you. Your personality doesn't fit your role. And then I was like, all right, I'm out, I'm out of here. It was just, <laughs> it was bad, bad juju. Understandable. Yeah. But I'm so sorry, guys, but I got to head to work. So, oh, uh, right. but it, yeah, it was great to chat with you guys for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I showed up late. Yeah, you too. You too. <laughs> I'll go dig up your... Um, your video of the different genres. Oh, okay, so yeah. Learn. <laughs> it's probably <Right> bad. <laughs> no, it's not bad. I think I, I think I watched that one. In fact, I was wearing a red shirt. I think that's the only time I've ever worn a red shirt. <laughs> I just remember that for some reason. <laughs> okay, I'll look for the one with the red shirt. Got it. <laughs> yeah, no problem at all. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it was nice to meet you, Scott. Yeah, and you I'll too. See you later. See you. All right. Thank Bye, you. guys. Have a good one. Have a good Bye. day. So I wanted it to be uh, Weird West style stuff the whole time. As soon as it went to Earth and Drawing of the Three, I was sad for the Dark Tower. I think that's why the Drawing of the Three isn't my favorite because I really liked, yeah, that aspect and then I really liked Wastelands, which is similar. So that's why when most people say, oh, I like Drawing of the Three the best, I think it's people that aren't as into Western sci-fi. <laughs> and I really like Western sci-fi. That makes sense, yeah. I actually it's really like Westerns. <laughs> I only, the other day, I only watched like the first episode of The Mandalorian. Like that's how far behind the, the TV movie trends I am. <laughs> we took the kids to Disneyland uh, like last week. And I like, we watched some of the Star Wars movies again to hype up the Star Wars land there. And then they saw Baby Yoda and The Mandalorian. I got a picture of my son with The Mandalorian and his little like fake, you know, holster of and I was like, I should probably watch that show to see if it's, you know, appropriate for the littles to watch. So I put on the first episode. Maybe we'll let them watch it. But, but they haven't seen any of the TV episodes. They've only seen the movies. I don't know. I'm trying to think. I don't think, I mean, mine, mine's five. My, my daughter's five. No. So I've shown her bits of it, but not, not Mandalorian, but I've shown her bits of, like, Star Wars. Yeah, but, yeah. You know, but she's not as interested. She, she liked it actually more when she was, like, three she loved it and yeah. now that she's like five she doesn't want to watch it and i'm like huh. what what's wrong with you but even my two and a half year old knows baby yoda i'm like how do you know baby yoda you're two and a half it's like i don't have baby yoda stuff 
Yeah. <laughs> Actually, no, never mind. We do. We have one of the, we have a little box that has baby Yoda on it. So never mind. Nice. <laughs> he got a little uh, shoulder bag with the baby Yoda on the back. Oh, and yeah, he's seven and my oldest is, is nine. And they've only, I mean, we only watched the movies one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and eight. We haven't watched nine yet. And then when we got back from Disneyland, they loved the Guardians of the Galaxy ride because it's just a big drop. And so we watched the Guardians of the Galaxy movie. And that was a little languagey. But yeah. the little little guy didn't catch on. But the, the, when the, like when they swear and it, the the oldest one looks at us like slowly, he's like with his eyes wide, and we're just like, don't say anything. <laughs> yeah. uh, but they yeah, that's was, they haven't been exposed to too much of that, which is weird. They don't really show interest. But now that we've been to the park and they've seen the characters, we'll probably do another. We'll watch the ninth movie, and then maybe try some of the TV series. <laughs> Tina's visitor. <laughs> uh, Helen had a comment. I was looking for more romantic Jane Austen ending with Jane Eyre. Wrong genre, I know. I find the ending mo most gothic fiction is a bit depressing, but I love the starts. Sorry. Jane Eyre. <laughs> no, that's okay. Had a visitor. You did get to see my dog for briefly. <laughs> so I was tail wagging, yeah. Yeah. How's it going, Kristen? Hope you're having a good uh, good Friday. Happy Friday. Yeah, it's been weird. I haven't been, like, I feel disconnected from the booktube community, which is fine. I still, I still, I still watch you guys. I miss you guys. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> like, I've been reviewing. I put in some reviews on, on fanfiaddict.com because that was mm -hmm. the place where I was like, well, maybe I should start my own blog because then I can just type reviews and I don't have to, like, set up a camera and make noise when kids are playing and I was like, maybe I'll just do a blog. But I was like, oh, I'll just join up with these guys and put some more sci-fi up in their, up in their business. But those are now a few and far between because I've been reading just the, the SPSFC comp competitors, and like I don't want to put reviews for those out yet because then other judges may, you know, influence and bias them. So I'll probably do those, you know, once the contest is over. Some people do them now which is fine is like their spoiler free thoughts and things. And you can kind of, they don't put a number or a star score. So it's hard. It's like, Oh, I, cause I've already read four out of the six and I only have two more to go. It's like, I can put a review out, but. Um, so is it, how does it work for judging? Like, so do you do, do you have to review the, the 300 or is that done beforehand and then it gets passed and then you read like 10% of each book. Is that, I can't remember. <laughs> yeah, we do 10% of all 300, the first 10 to 20%. So we divide them up amongst however many judges we have. Right. They each are allotted 30 because there's 10, mm -hmm. 10 groups with how varying number of judges. And so each group is 30. That is their slush pile. And then they eliminate that down to their top uh, six or so six to 10, we kind of varied it because people have different reading speeds. And then the top three out of those get put into now the semifinals. So now we're, each group has three. So now we have 30 semifinalists and those two groups of three go to two other teams. So we now have a new pool of six books to read full front, you know, 100%. So is it 12 books total you read over the course of it or is it more? Um, it'll be 12 and then whatever books make the finals that we haven't already voted on to go 
are the new ones that we have to read. So there's be... ten in the finals, right? Last year we had seven. Oh, okay. I don't know where that came from? <laughs> but I think it was just because we read we were reading too much and people were getting burned out, so we cut it to seven. Um, seven finalists. So whatever comes in there that we haven't already read, or if our picks didn't make it, we get new ones. I'd love to be a judge this year, actually. <laughs> if you yeah. do, if it's if it's on again. <laughs> we have judges this year that were submitted the first year, so they wanted to see how it worked. And some of them don't have very positive feedback now that they've been judging it. They're like, what are you guys doing back here? We're like, you know, we're just <laughs> judging books. Like, this editing and formatting and the the the, uh, the structure of the, you know, A, B, and C three-part structure is all wrong. And we're like, I'm, I don't pay attention to any of that. <laughs> a book has one structure i don't know because i mean coming from the author side they know the techniques and me i'm just a reader it's like i don't i don't have those um you know that knowledge like we have a, a rubric that we kind of go through and we pick to get our scores out but as far as like the three-act structure or the editing or the formatting and whatever i like that stuff i'm not really paying attention to sometimes i use my phone and i turn on the text-to-speech reader so i mean it sounds like garbage mm. and i don't know if there's mistyped <laughs> words because the guy can't even pronounce uh contractions when it's like don't it's like don't you know and then i have to like <laughs> how do you listen to that <laughs> it's, it's, it's the only way i can like digest these books in the, the a lot of time so it's it's a weird dynamic because you're listening to the robot voice you have to process what he says and then like, turn it into your own narrative voice and then like digest the story as it's okay that was supposed to be a sarcastic jab ha, 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 let me giggle at that it's a weird <laughs> thing that i've just kind of trained myself to push my brain to extra levels of consciousness i don't know <laughs> putting in yeah putting in the text to speech in one ear audiobook on the other while i'm reading my kindle and the hardcover at the same time my eyes are crossing pages. Yeah, that's my <laughs> ultimate goal. That's a human. Four books at a time. Yeah. And Crystal does miss seeing videos from you, Scott. Yeah. I'll get some more out. I just don't know when. Usually I, I've only made videos in the past when like my wife and kids are not home, which worked fine because I was working from home and my wife was not and the kids were at school. So I had an empty house. But now since COVID hits, we moved. I have like a live-in brother-in-law in the house and my wife works from home all the time so i can't i'm not gonna be the the guy who's gonna like tell my wife i can't cook dinner because i have to go record a video like that's <laughs> that's not gonna fly and like no then i'm gonna be sleeping outside you know i always feel awkward like recording videos when my family is home i don't yeah. know why i'm like i'm posting it on the internet but for yeah. some reason if my husband overhears me i'm like don't listen yeah i, I know, don't know. i don't know why it's weird because yeah like even <laughs> she's not now but i'm sure she's around the corner yeah you know, she'll pop in and like roll her eyes be like you guys are nerds Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> how do they react to all the all the time you spend reading up for the competition it must be a lot of must be very time consuming that's done in in an earpiece like my i have one earpiece in and one out so i can cook i can semi listen and i can clean the house i walk the dog at night so that gives me you know oh, nice. half an hour if i'm ever in the car i'm always plugged into a book um but I've, i'm never idle i'm never still and like having something in like this now because kids are crawling on each other and like i have to be watching everything at the same time so if i if i just have one ear 
in as much as possible, then I can get through this. So that's why I usually, you know, pick the ones that have audiobooks if they're self-published. Some of them do, and not all of them do, but the ones that I do, those are the ones I tackle first, and then I'll put it near BSN, and I'll either get on the, you know, the elliptical or something and folding laundry whenever I'm not interacting and the kids are in bed, I'll have an earpiece in and just plug away. And usually I could do up to like 1.75 to two times mm. speed um, and then get through fairly efficiently. <laughs> Jeez. How do you find the time, Tina, to edit edit and write and review? And I mean, how do you find the time? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Um, yeah, cause I work, so I work from home. So which, which is makes it easy for recording. Cause then I can just record at my, like at lunch or I'll yeah. like record, I'll record at lunch. Then I'll just edit kind of, uh, you know, when my kid comes home from school I'll let her, you know, have a snack and I'll do my editing kind of thing. Uh, reading I tend to do in the evening or on the weekend. Um, I do audiobooks as well. I don't know. I'm a very fast reader though. Like I read really quickly. So that also that also helps. I have a reading schedule. <laughs> I'm a very much a TBR reader. I'm not a mood reader at all. So I kind of have a, I have charts on my wall that have like lists of what videos I'm doing next and like when they, I want them to come out. And sometimes if I get behind because I'm sick or I don't know, I have a social life one weekend, I'll move things around. Yeah. <laughs> that, what's that like? I know, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, but no, it's a, uh, yeah, it, it also helps that my husband goes to bed quite early because he gets up very early for work. So I have like, couple hours after he goes to bed kind of on my own and i tend and the kids are young enough they go to bed at around eight so seven three eight so i have a few hours at that point so that's when i tend to get most of my writing and reading done is in the evenings i got most of my writing i haven't written a lot lately <laughs> uh i wrote the whole trilogy when my when i was on maternity leave so my my youngest would sleep only on me so I would just sit here, literally right here, and I'd have her on here, and she'd sleep, and I would just type. <laughs> so I'd get every day, I'd have a few hours of writing because she wouldn't sleep in the bed. So I'm like, okay, well, might as well put this to work. <laughs> yeah. I... So yeah, I've only written a couple short stories, pretty much. I wrote one novella, and then I wrote one short story, uh, two short stories since since the trilogy in the last two years or so. But I'm kind of taking a hiatus in that I'm like thinking about kind of what the next thing I want to do. I have another book that I finished actually years ago. Uh, actually, I finished it when my, just before my first one, my first kid was born and it's long though. It's 180,000 words. It's a beast. <laughs> it's like a literary science fiction. So it's like set in space, but it's about these people on this spaceship and it's basically just like about their personal problems. So <laughs> <laughs> definitely literary fiction so i'm like i have to cut this down so i've been kind of working on that slowly like editing that and self-editing that so we'll see yeah I've sometimes a... i'm like this is crap but sometimes I'm like this is good yeah <laughs> i i've tried like two years ago or something my wife bought me a book that's like 30 days to your novel or something i don't know if i have it around here mm. but it was just like 30 days to get your novel out and she gave it to me for Christmas and I was like okay great but where am I going to find the 30 days to do this so I, I had a, a, I had a draft of it was like five pages long and then like I have a notebook of like ideas but yeah I can't I guess there's too much reading and the, my the FOMO of missing out on the books I, like I can't sit down and write and that's 
I think I've only done it too. Is yeah, since I work from home now, it's like when I'm when I'm on the lunch break or have a break, I would just flip over to the doc and just be like, I don't know what structure I'm working in, and I don't know what the narrative <laughs> thing is. Like maybe I should learn how to do some of these things. I just I just put words <laughs> on paper, and then I'm like no, and then I put a paragraph above it or something like. I just I know I need to make those little placeholders done get like you know action scene here and then just move on like I got to get that down first and then fill it in later but I haven't even gotten you know more than 5 pages worth of stuff <laughs> it's, it's hard it's hard to find yeah. the time especially when your kids are that age too right like you you spend yeah. a lot more time with them when they're kids yeah. <laughs> when they're teenagers you'll have more time and then like <laughs> yeah my son was at the laptop too and he was typing up and he like typed up a six page Minecraft story. And I was like, what? what I, no, I want to do that. He's like, can you print oh, this out for me and make a cover page? But I was like, man, oh. I'm I can't wait for my daughter to start doing this stuff. Yeah. I can't wait for her. She can just start writing and reading. Right. So I'm like, I can't yeah. wait. She tells these fantastic stories. Half of them are silly. They're full of like poop jokes, but I'm like, yeah, five-year-olds, but yeah. I'm like, they're so creative. <laughs> Yeah, it was pretty good. There were some like jokes and things, and uh, yeah, like animals, companions, and whatnot. And he's like, "My little brother, aka the devil." And I was like, "Is this related to real life?" You know. Uh, It's funny. My husband and I have been playing Minecraft again um, (laughs) together. (laughs) The PlayStation. We uh, so I bought Minecraft back when it first came out. When it was in beta, I bought it for five dollars, and so I get like perpetual forever updates yeah awesome Hmm. and so i've been playing it consistently since it came out at least a few times a year and so then my husband and i over was it christmas i guess it was actually christmas we've been playing it for a while (laughs) every like friday saturday night we're like should we watch a movie and we're like should just play minecraft and have the the office streaming in the background (laughs) yeah they've he's played it yeah that's been the only game that he's stuck with for the past i don't know two or three years yeah he's always on there we tried to get him all the like the mario games because we only have we only have a switch and the little one plays it on the laptop mm-hmm. but yeah they always just revert back to playing minecraft and then they end up just killing each other and losing all their loot and getting angry and then we have to kick him off for a minute like all right guys blew <laughs> up my house he's like i was just playing destroyer like but did you tell him you were going to play destroyer <laughs> no Tina, do you and your and your partner kill each other, or do you loot each other? No, we're working together. <laughs> where do we just build like boring stuff? He he likes <laughs> to build a. He likes to go on YouTube and find videos of how to build things that are complex, yeah. and I like to build mm. like this is a pretty lighthouse. <laughs> it's a yeah. square and it has glass. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or I'll just wander around and try to find little villages and things like that. It's like. I've never elevated my my game to like the level of building anything cool or complex. Like my yeah. brain just doesn't do that. Where he's really into that, so it's a good mix because I'm like, we should put some flowers here, <laughs> and <laughs> we should do this and that. I'm gonna put a waterfall here, <laughs> but I do actually have a, a certificate in interior decorating, which I nice. never talk about because I never use it. <laughs> so maybe that's <laughs> where that comes from. It's very random. I have all these like English related kind of certificates and education, and then I have that. We Which can I tell by it. your by your neatly stacked. Of I know, right? That's right? the thing. Totally designed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, so like, bad. Yeah, and my wife too. She's very like minimalist, and but mm. our house wouldn't. She's a aspiring minimalist because our house wouldn't let you know that, and that's why I don't have a bookshelf. Like all my books are in 
three boxes in the closet. Three boxes. That's all I get. I have some on my desk up here that I kind of hide. Uh, and then there's a few of my nightstands too. So they're they're a little bit leaking over. But since we moved in here, I haven't had a, like an actual bookshelf set up because she says they don't look as pretty as like the Pottery Barn catalogs, you know, because they're all different, you know, different <laughs> spines of crazy fonts and spaceships. And I was like, all right, that's fair. But eventually, eventually when I have a man cave and, you know, music studio or something, I can just put some lava lamps in there and fog machines and do whatever I want, you know. <laughs> yeah, this office is like my cave. Yeah. It has all my books in it and my computer. My husband doesn't come in here, but then I don't really go in the garage. So let's use a classic car in there. And so he, nice. that's, his, that's his zone. <laughs> he's got a 77. Oh, I don't. Classic. Yeah, it's a... Uh... People keep coming back to Minecraft, though, don't they? Don't they? After all these years, and I've seen some crazy YouTube videos of like these huge, like the Enterprise, they like block yeah. by block, you know, yeah, it's like building. working. Yeah, it's amazing. It's crazy. I saw one with like an entire galaxy of planets, like just wow. like in real scale modeling. It's crazy. Uh, but they're coming out with like a new Minecraft Legends. It's like a uh, looks like a platform. I don't know what you want to call it. It's like a third person top down. Yeah, it's game. almost like an RPG like, kind of thing. Yeah, right? you can rally some troops and with your little flag and they'll follow you and and then you point them to it. It reminds me of the old game called Brutal Legends, which mm. was narrated by Jack Black. And that game was fun. And you had like armies and it was totally cool because it was Jack all Black. like heavy metal. Yeah. There's Brutal a Jack Legends. Black narrated audiobook of a Minecraft book. Just uh, oh yeah, yeah. Metal. We had we listened to that one. <laughs> oh, do you? Is it good? Because, yeah. I'm like tempted. I'm like, but it's like for children. <laughs> Either that was <laughs> that may have been like the first or second one by um, the author because that same author wrote other, um, and then Sean Astin narrated another one too. Oh yeah. <laughs> we listened to both of those. I should just get those for my daughter to listen for my daughter to listen to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> One was the island and the other is the mountain. Hmm. And they were, um, oh, by Max Brooks, the guy who wrote. Oh, uh, World War Z. World War Z, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've got both of those up there. The World War Z and the zombie survival guide. <laughs> yeah, so he yeah. he read those on paper and then we put them on, on audio in the car. There's some other like sci-fi authors that wrote. Um, Mar Mars Lafferty. Uh, wrote a Minecraft book, and then like Delilah Dawson. Oh wrote, yeah, yeah. She wrote Mob Squad. Hmm. Yeah, so, I love yeah. Plasma, her Star Wars book. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love Plasma because it's supposed apocalyptic. <laughs> There's a theme with this stuff that I like. Yeah, I've been wanting to. He hasn't read many other of those like stories. Nikki oh. Drayden wrote one. She wrote. Uh, the author of Nikki, I had her book. Um, starts with an E. I Catherine and Valenti wrote oh, another one. Yeah, so uh, Tina, which Blade Runner edition is the definitive version? Well, I mean, there's the director's cut, and then there's the theatrical cut. So you'd have to ask my dad which one is the definitive version. <laughs> I thought there was like three or four of them. Yeah, there's more, yeah. I think. Those are the two my dad and I argue about. Um, oh, God, I don't know. Uh, I'd have to... I haven't watched them in a long time. 
I couldn't tell you off the top of my head which one is like the definitive one. I think the director's cut is the one that I like the best, hmm. but I'd have to rewatch <laughs> all of them. <laughs> there was a trivia question yesterday that we had at work because every morning we do trivia question and it was how long in Blade Runner, how long does a replicant live? I four or five years. I bet. Yeah, it was four years. Okay. Nailed four it. Years. Good job. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> I am not a poser. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't know because I, I think I've maybe watched the first one a long time ago, and it just the the way that the lighting on that movie is set up, it just bugs the heck out of the me. The lighting is brutal. I don't know why like, they have to make things so the, dark and dreary. Because yeah. <laughs> I'm like in that in the shot where they're in that interrogation room in the first shot, they're in the pyramid, and then they show the inside of the pyramid, and then there's like a giant spotlight from outside. I'm like. That doesn't make any sense because you just showed the outside and there's no light. It's all dark. What is going on here? I didn't. And so, I don't know. I just couldn't catch on. I haven't seen the, the 2049, but maybe I'll watch that one. I like 2049. Yeah. It's interesting. It, it definitely takes the director's cut, I think. Hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, I think Ridley Scott just likes filming things that are really dark. Yeah. <laughs> like the, I remember Alien. Like If you watch it on VHS when I was a kid, I had no idea that they had found an alien ship. I just thought they were walking around in the dark. It wasn't until I watched it on like Blu-ray that I was like, oh, there's things in this room. Okay, I get it now. (laughs) 25. Yeah. So this will be a tough one, Tina, to answer, but since you're a fan of the alien franchise, what was your opinion on how they handled the prequels? Mm. <laughs> I'm not as into the. I like to think of the prequels as like a spin-off that exists kind of in the same universe but isn't like actually canon but I think they because I don't understand how it, it would be canon I don't know I, I thought they were fine I just thought they were too Hollywoody you know what I mean like for me Alien and Aliens were so different at the time and they were so they're kind of iconic and like the way they were filmed that kind of dark and dreary but also very minimal <laughs> in terms of sets and stuff where i found like covenant especially you had the aliens just jumping all over the place like they were like i don't know like <laughs> monkeys <laughs> at the zoo and you're like well <laughs> they're not scary when they do that you know I, I prefer a more kind of menacing take so i will say that i love charlie Theron. i'll watch anything that she's in but and i liked i thought it was fun like i thought it was a cool idea i thought the sets the sets were beautiful but i just it didn't feel kind of the same to me, which is weird because it's the same director, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't dislike them, but I, I prefer to keep Aliens 1 to 4 kind of in their own little universe. <laughs> I'm an alien purist, I guess you could say. But then I'm all like, Alien versus Predator is my favorite movie, so I guess I can't really say that. It's not my favorite movie. Jurassic Park is my favorite movie. <laughs> I haven't seen many of the aliens. I think I watched like Prometheus when it came out. And I was yeah. like, is this related to the alien movies? But then that's as far as I got. I don't I don't know that I even watch a lot of movies, but there are ones that are just kind of weird that just keep coming up like, oh, I've seen that. But not like none of the Marvel stuff I've followed at all. Like the Star Wars stuff is rare. There's not really many that I have to sit down and watch. I watch I all like... the Star Wars stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Except for Andor, actually. I haven't watched finished Andor. I think I started watching it 
when I was very tired and I was like not into it. And someone told me, like, you got to get like five episodes in and it gets really good. I'm like, but I'm the third episode in and I'm just not feeling it yet. (laughs) But no, I love Mandalorian. I love Boba Fett. I love all the shows. And I don't know. I even watched like the the, the Clone Wars shows, like the Bad Batch and stuff. My husband makes fun of me. He's like, what did you do while I was out with the guys? I'm like, I watched the Star Wars cartoons. (laughs) Did a puzzle. I was trying to, I was debating on getting the kids to watch the, the uh, Star Wars Rebels, like the cartoons ones or the Rebels. animated ones on Disney Plus. I was like, all right, it's on you know Disney. It's a kids show. It should be kids appropriate. So, so yeah, might there's some yeah, like it gets darker at parts, but like I think it'd be fine for a, like I'd let my five year old watch it if she even cared. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah. she's more into My Little Pony, which is actually kind of awesome. I'm like, I'm fine with My Little Pony. <laughs> yeah, that cartoon is hilarious. It's so funny. <laughs> And Crystal wanted so much more from the prequels. Yeah. It's it's sad the way that all worked out. I don't think we'll yeah. ever get a third one. Yeah, they're third doing prequel. like a prequel prequel now or something? Yeah, they're doing one, <laughs> uh, I guess a series with uh, where the aliens come to Earth. And it's going to really be, I don't know how they're going to make that work in the canon. It's yeah. not make any sense. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, not a fan. Um, yeah. Not I would say, though, in terms of, like, a prequel to Predator, Prey was fantastic. I absolutely loved mm. that. I thought it was really good. <laughs> Have you guys watched that? I haven't. I've been, oh, I, so I, I, I don't know. I, it's it's I like, know. very, very artsy. There's, like, these beautiful scenic shots. And, like, the whole thing is, like, almost like a comment on colonialism. It's so, mm. it's so much deeper than you would expect a Predator movie to be. I, I really loved it. But, I, again, again, I'm biased. I'm super biased. Predator is like my is like my space boyfriend. So it's like <laughs> <laughs> my poor husband is like, what does that mean about me? I'm like, it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Scott? Are you a fan of the Predator franchise? Yeah, I don't I I haven't followed it, but I know when I've I've seen the old ones, but that was about it. But yeah, I mean I wouldn't not watch them. <laughs> but I mean if I had time, I sure would, yeah. Yeah, uh, Crystal is a big fan of Andor. She's trying okay. To I will get back into it. I promise. <laughs> I've heard it's great. I've heard a lot of people talk about how good it is. So I think I was just tired or something. Like, oh, good. See, someone agrees with me. <laughs> yeah, was, uh, yeah. I, I, I'll watch Prey eventually. Just it's it was... it's good. It's a typical Predator movie with a bit more kind of meat on it. <laughs> hmm. Way better than the Predator, which I dragged my husband to see in the theater, and he was very mad at me. But just you know, we're, but but I got this out of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The only time I go to the theaters is for the kids, kids' movies. We watched. We went to Lightyear. I think it was that. Oh, we saw Strange World, too. We went to Light Lightyear. My wife was. She just hated the nonsense out of that for no reason. She's like, that was the worst Disney movie. I was like, what? What's wrong with which it? one? Lightyear. Oh, Lightyear. Oh, I liked Lightyear. I yeah. thought it was fun. <laughs> yeah, I did too. I was like, it was interesting. It had more concepts of, you know, the more sci-fi it is, the more she'll revolt against it. <laughs> that's more, that's the, I'm the opposite of like, oh, more sci-fi. Actually, yeah, it's funny yeah. it's Strange World. My kids are watching that like right now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm like, you haven't good. seen this. This is good for you to be distracted. Here you go. Yeah. <laughs> I was actually sad because I was kind of there when they started watching. I'm like, I kind of want to see where this is going. <laughs> <laughs> kind of into this i'm actually kind of excited because like trolls 3 is coming out in like november and oh. my kids are obsessed so i'm like okay we'll go and i'm kind of like oh, i'm down for this <laughs> they're so funny <laughs> yeah i hope i get time to watch like they're still i'm waiting for them to to announce the 
wool the wool adaptation yeah always wool series on apple tv that's gonna be awesome mm. and then there was the um they're supposed to be doing a series about the embers of war by uh oh. gareth powell because oh, really? i bought i have those books up here too like the signs and arena books editions mm. like that's gonna be awesome like but i was like i really need to like get time to do those specifically because otherwise they'll be gone and lost and i'll miss the boat yeah <laughs> but hopefully they come to fruition and they'll get dropped or canceled or whatever because there's just so much content so I much think wool is wool is on this is like almost done i think because yeah i actually interviewed hugh howie for um i write for this website called postpocketmedia.com <laughs> yeah and so that. i do i did uh interviews with an interview with him one time about wool and stuff when it was first being filmed and he talked about like being on set and stuff yeah. so i'm like that's really cool so it's funny because all of us all of the writers at, at the website are fighting over who gets to review it yeah. <laughs> and yeah. i lost that pool but i got the last of us so i was like yeah nice yeah <laughs> so last of us i haven't seen that either i want to watch that too it's fantastic because <laughs> that's a game i have played so i do want to watch the there are scenes way. from like the game that they recreated into the show it's that nice. they're really good like really cool <laughs> But, but it, it also kind of on... stands on its own as well. It's it's good. It's so good. What what service is it on? It's on um it's HBO on Max? HBO Max. HBO oh, Max. Yeah. <laughs> it's so Crave Crave TV here in Canada. So I'm like, what's oh. the equivalent again? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's the one I don't have because we we dropped most of our streaming after football season was over because we wanted to watch it for for the Chiefs and now we dropped like YouTube TV and we had the Paramount Plus or something for something. But now we're like, well, all right, we'll readjust our budget for the new year and drop some of these things. Which yeah, takes... we were debating that, but I share, I share Crave with, I give my sister Disney Plus and she gives me Crave. So. Nice. <laughs> we just do the whole sharing with that. And then I get Apple TV for, TV for my parents-in-law because I also give them Disney Plus. So if <laughs> Disney Plus starts cracking down on passwords, I'm going to lose all of my channels. <laughs> Jeez, way to go, Tina. You're, you're ruining it you're for ruining the rest it. of us. <laughs> uh, we also Chris... share Netflix. Oh, yeah, I want to ask you about that. Uh, Crystal can't wait for the Wool series either. Yeah. Yeah, I hope it, I hope it takes off and continues beyond the books, too. That would be awesome. That'd be really I, I, cool. So isn't, isn't Netflix cracking down on password sharing? Isn't, aren't they doing something? Yeah, I don't know if our friend, we got the message on our TV saying that, you know, password sharing is this your home address. And we're like, yes. Yeah. So I think our friends that we share with, because basically what they did was they put us on their family Spotify plan, and then we gave them our Netflix access. So <laughs> I think they might have been kicked out. <laughs> we haven't asked them yet. So I'm like, I should probably, you know, download or do whatever, export my song list off Spotify before they kick me <laughs> off. <laughs> and I lose all my songs. <laughs> yeah. yeah, good stuff. Yeah, lots of services. It's I think it was, you know, during, during the pandemic, it was, I mean, that's all we had really. I mean, so, but now I think yeah. people are starting to kind of trim, uh, trim those, those streaming services down a little bit. Yeah, we're always like, which ones do we not need? I'm like, well, we need Disney for the kids and because I have to watch all the Star Wars stuff. And then uh, <laughs> I'm like, we need Amazon Prime mainly for the shipping because I order a lot of stuff for work through mm -hmm. Amazon. So I'm like, as well, just keep that. And then my husband wants to get rid of Netflix, but I'm like, no, the kids like it. Yeah. <laughs> the kids <laughs> use it all the time. I'm like, you, you, you're cursing me. I'd rather pay <laughs> or just like lower it to like the standard definition because they don't care if it's. Yeah, they don't so, care. Like, like $10 versus 20 or whatever it is. Yeah. <sighs> My kids are on it the most too. Like we usually, whenever we want to put something on TV, we just end up sitting on our phones and like not watching anything. 
Yeah, and my two-year-old still watch. watches Coco Melon, so can't get rid of that. Oh, God. I, we we missed that. We were on the you blippy. So we were on the blippy train when he first came out for a while. My <laughs> he's, oldest. He's not too bad. <laughs> yeah, but we missed Coco Melon. But now they now my son watches the uh, Netflix show called Dogs in Space, which is hilarious mm-hmm. because it's it's a series of dogs and the corgi is like the main one. His name is Garbage. <laughs> and they it's like they're their travels through interstellar space to help save earth because earth is still where all of their their humans live and so it's hilarious. my daughter would love that i'm gonna yeah. so he she's obsessed with spy kids as well which i'm like wow this like i was like almost an adult when it when it first came out but i'm like this kind of throws me back yeah <laughs> but there's like a new one that's on netflix and pedro pascal is in it he's he's the dad and everything he's in it for like 10 yeah. minutes but he's like the dad of the main character and it's like it's the same kind of concept. These, but there's aliens and stuff, and she's obsessed with it. I'm like, hmm. okay, good it's a show at least that I don't mind. <laughs> it's not Coco Melon. <laughs> there's just <sighs> so much content, though. There's just so much to. I mean, it's impossible to keep up. Yeah, Netflix just keeps pumping out more and more shows for kids too. Like she, there's always something yeah. new for her to watch, and which is nice because she's not watching the same things over and over. But then I'm yeah. like can't keep up she's like oh this episode of this i'm like i don't know where that is in the show you have to do it yourself yeah. <laughs> you have to find it on your own i can't go scrolling to find one specific episode of octonauts or whatever <laughs> <laughs> then they'll always kick like after they get done and tired with that they'll flip on disney plus and play some bluey episodes They're like you guys can watch bluey before bed Bluey's yep. hilarious oh yeah blue's great <laughs> i'm out of the loop on kid stuff yeah Oh yeah, right. Because your kids are—they're teenagers, right? <laughs> yeah, they're a little older, so they're—they're—they're they're, they're doing their own things now. I don't really—I yeah. kind of just get grunts from them now most of the time. You're <laughs> like, I don't want to know what we're watching on TikTok. I don't care. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's dangerous. Yeah, My seven-year-old asked me when he can get his first iPad. I'm like, what do you need an iPad for? No, just watch YouTube videos. I'm like, no, and no. The answer is no, never. <laughs> We have one that's like very small and it's like for the kids and it only plays like educational games. So like yeah. this is all they need to have right now. And it's mainly just like a, uh, they're fighting here. You play your educational games. You can watch Coco Melon. We had you though, for sure. Yeah, to have around. Oh, I think you're probably <laughs> going to have to go find out what's for dinner in yeah. a little while. We can uh, have to we can go. Uh, um, I was gonna go through back back through my net galley list, but I think everything I have on my net galley list, Tina's already reviewed and posted. As well as like, <laughs> no, because I have like, Antimatter Blues. I have uh, Rubicon by JS Duess, which should be awesome. Oh, I don't have so that I one. That. Uh, I have the the Blinded Stars, the new one by Megan E. O'Keefe. Oh, I didn't get I'm that one either. Excited, you but... were getting tons of yeah. stuff that I'm not getting. And I'm not even posting as much as you are. <laughs> <laughs> then I have uh, Hell's Eight, which is the book two by Stark Holborn. Are you doing? Are you, are you in the book tour? Uh, no. I'm in the book tour. They're sending me a free physical copy. <laughs> <laughs> it's because I begged the author. Man, <laughs> on Instagram, right. she was like, "My new book's coming out." I'm like, "Can I have an art copy?" And she's like, "Oh, well, I'll send you my publicist information." I'm like, "Don't worry, please." All right, <laughs> nice. I have you no shame. I'm just begging authors for free copies of their books. <laughs> uh, which other ones? Oh, I need to read "The Scourge Between the Stars" by Ness Brown. Which I'm is... reading that right now, actually. <laughs> I've had that for a while, yeah, because that comes yeah. out. It's April. short. It's short. You'll just fly through it. It's really fast. 
And then I have the Warden by Daniel M. Ford, which looks awesome too. It's like a fantasy, but dark fantasy stuff. Oh, and then a horror book called The Monsters in Our Shadows, which has a really cool like ink blot cover. It's by Ooh. Edward J. Symbol, who I've never heard of, but hmm. I'm always up for new authors. So that I have like so many good things on my on my Netflix list and I'm or my yeah net galley list. <laughs> but then I'm I have to get through all my judging for the SPSFC. So I'm like maybe I can just put one of those aside. If I have four done out of six, so it's like all right, I should hop on one of these. And it's great when I go to net galley and I get the ebook, thinking I could do text to speech and maybe read it. But then like the audiobook comes out and net galley and I was like get the audiobook. And now I have two. For the price of one, which boosts my rating ratio because I get post the same review for each oh, one. I was like, yes. That's a good idea. Ooh, yeah. nice. It's that great. Heck. Yeah. I never is thought that... of it. Mine always hovers around 78 to 80, which isn't bad. I mean, that's fine. Actually, yeah. one of my, my jobs at work is to approve NetGalley requests. So I oh. kind of know it from the publisher side. And it's interesting because you can pay for a NetGalley subscription, like as a publisher, where you just blanket accept everybody. Yeah. You don't have any kind of control. And then if you pay more, you can control who you who gets the books. So I get to like, I like creep all the people. I'm like, oh, this person's mm -hmm. on Instagram. I'm like, oh, this oh. person's, you know, <laughs> how many, like, if they have a low ratio, but a good social following, I'll usually approve them. But if they have like a really high ratio, no socials, that's fine. You know, like it's, it's like a balance. It's interesting. And you have some people that are like posting links to their blog. It doesn't exist. I'm like, nope. No. <laughs> like you're a thief. I know what you yeah. are. <laughs> Hmm. yeah it's in, it's kind of cool to see it from the other it helped me like craft my own blog my own like bio to like tweak it to be like <laughs> look good to nice. the publishers <laughs> smart. yeah because i don't i don't think I, I there were a few that i looked in my history of ones that i like get denied for i was like i never got an email for denials but was, I, there was only a few mm. but right now i have i have 12 on my uh in my queue some of these are from last year that i just never got to because i always yeah. want to get the new ones and I have Antimatter <laughs> Blues on there twice because I have the audio and the ebook. Wow, I, I, I can never do that, Kelly. You don't do that, Kelly? No, I would. I would. I would be in the. I would have a it, terrible ratio. I'd, yeah, I'd want is. to get every book. <laughs> <Mine's> still, <laughs> That's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> mine's at seventy-two percent. That's not bad. But I've only gotten. I've only had a small number. Like I have sixty-five that's been approved and forty-seven feedback. Bunch. I know people out there are like in the 200s or something ridiculous. Well, some thing is too, if you're, if you're reading a lot of like books that are easy, like quicker to read, like romance books are, are usually what, like 60,000 words half the time and you can fly through them. So those people, yeah. they just, you know, they get those every other day. I, I do do the, <laughs> I do do the intermittent uh, graphic novel just to, to keep it up there. I was like, right, it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, those are still like a hundred and some pages and it takes a while to get through them all. Yeah. Hmm. A good idea. Yeah, good way to boost it. I'd, I would just be a wreck. I'd, I'd feel really guilty if I I'd have like a really terrible ratio. Yeah, it's it's tough to control which ones you you choose to get or not. And now is just a bad time. But I think once I get through some of these and judging process, that I can dive into those. And Bryce is here. Uh, my net gallery ratio was bad, but I still get approved for plenty when, <laughs> when I request, which I really which I rarely lately. I have so many I keep buying, I can't keep up with. Yeah, yeah, that's bad the, stuff. Yeah, who knows? Some publishers too just approve everybody. Sometimes they don't care, and they just like who knows? I don't. That's just how I do it because it's a small little press, so it's like. <laughs> I also find it kind of fun. I'm like, eh, let's see. Yeah, there was like I was for a while. I got onto like some audio lists because I was on Harper Audio 
their like weekly thing because I, I was just like all right who can i just get audiobooks from because i don't want to deal with these ebooks so i was on harpy audio libro fm has like a, an advanced listeners program so i'm on there hmm. and orbit sometimes has um audiobooks but not all audiobooks are available hmm. but i found orbits more they've gone a lot more fantasy focused than sci-fi that they had in the past yeah, I just I mean, got their uh, the Faithless, which is like the sequel to The Unbroken, which yeah. came out. Yeah, that was fantastic, actually. I just they approved me like last week, and I read it already because I was like obsessed with it. Nice. <laughs> and then I've been trying to get to Angry Robots to get on there, like audio lists because they don't they don't release many on audio, but they're still like backlist ones I want to check out. And I know they had like a reviewer list or be part of the robot army and stuff like that. And I emailed them a bunch of times, but I never got. They had um they had a thing where they were I think they were transitioning to like another I think they got bought out right a few years ago or something maybe it was ten years ago they sent an email because I was I'm on their robot army thing and they just like restarted it like last month so you should know oh, nice. them again because I think they have a new person doing it because <laughs> right. hmm. they were like we're gonna be better about this stuff I'm like I don't care <laughs> yeah and now that I'm on like um, as a reviewer on on FanFi Addicts like I throw throw weight around with them because they cause the people that blog there have a lot of connections with their tbr con and stuff like that so that can get me a bit of an in sometimes but i don't throw that around as much the only one i want <laughs> i really want to get is the sequel to rabbits by terry miles that's one i have in my secret stash oh yeah you talked about i, I read your i watched your review of that yeah. one i still mean to, i still mean to read that it's on like my list <laughs> so it Forever. was it's it's just a weird kind of book and some people are like well it's all just silly things because they hallucinate things and it's all you know deus ex machina about the plots and blah 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 like some people don't like it but it's it's just you have to get into the lore a little bit and it's based off of a podcast that he had running for for years before he put a book out and then they're all intertwined universes now mm -hmm. book two is coming out called the quiet room mm -hmm. in may or something so i've, I've thrown my name into the contacts that they gave me for that i was like if you have a physical copy like i don't care just here's my mailing address like i'm not going <laughs> to wait to reply because that's worked i think before in the past like just send them the mailing address you don't hear anything until a package shows up on your door I'm like all right because they don't have time to reply they're just gonna be like all right copy paste like send this guy a book yeah i've gotten a few at random from every robot that i was like oh okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> thank you <laughs> i didn't even request this where did it come from <laughs> So yeah. I put my notes neck on. Like, if you have any art copies just lying around, you don't need anymore. You can send me one. Nice. <laughs> nice. It's worked twice. Yeah. It's not bad. Not yeah. Bad at all. I know. I know, Scott. You have to run for for dinner, but I want to thank yeah. both of you for for hanging out with hanging out with me and shooting the the breeze. Yeah, it's <laughs> fun. Yeah. yeah. Uh, welcome back anytime, uh, Tina. For people looking for you, where's the best place to find you? Uh, Sound and Fury book reviews. It's with an ampersand, but if you hit and, you'll come to a defunct channel that I used to have, so it'll tell you exactly where to go. So <laughs> you can type in either one. <laughs> and Scott, where's the best place for people to find you and your work? Yeah, I'm, I'm mostly active on Twitter, which is just at book underscore invasion. But uh, my YouTube channels, yeah, YouTube slash book invasion. You can see some old videos. I mean, watch them. Books never expire check out some, <laughs> go check out some good stories and uh, yeah I still have uh, I still have books that's got I've, I've saw you review and I bought the book and I still have to read them so yeah I get, my shelf. I get comments trickling in like 
once a month or something like that somebody comments just randomly oh i ever just read this book and like i hated it or like your review is great so it's, it's like oh, okay cool yeah. <laughs> it's uh they're evergreen content yeah yeah but thanks again both of you for coming by and hanging out and thanks everyone in the chat for coming by and interacting with us i hope everyone has a great weekend and we'll see everyone soon yeah cool see you guys okay. bye <laughs>